0: And we're good, sir. Okay, just checking again. Sorry about that, folks. We're still playing around with this fancy new mixer of ours. So I just want to make sure we're actually good to go when he gives me that thumbs up. We're good to go. But in any case, this is the Miller Frost podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost. And of course, I am joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X and I hope everyone out there is having a grand gay old time this holiday weekend, this MLK weekend. I know you good woke folk out there, down for the struggle. You are definitely having a grand gay old time, at least on Monday, when you don't have to go to work and you still get paid. Not that MLK, not that he would recognize... Today's civil rights movement, MLK, he was a bit old school, liked to talk about measuring someone by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. But with today's woke folk out there, to them, color is all that matters. They like to measure people by the color of their skin, not by the content of their character. Or another way you could look at it, they use the color of one's skin to measure the content of your character. Whitey, whitey always sucks. Why does whitey suck? Because he's white. And everyone knows that white people, they suck. They got white power, white fragility, white this, white that, systemic racism in their favor. And since they got all that, they suck. So Monday, that's kind of a twofer for the woke folk. They get to trash Whitey, and they don't have to show up for work, and they still get paid. So you good woke folk out there, have yourselves a grand gay old time celebrating that holiday, even if you've bastardized it for your own self-aggrandizement, self-enrichment. And yes, I am talking to you, Patrice Conkoolers, Ibram X. Kendi, Taneshi Coates, all the good woke folk out there making huge bank, trashing Whitey, and selling all that good woke garbage. And we're not only celebrating MLK Day here on the Miller Frost Podcast, and just for our summit mistress, we're doing this, but we are also celebrating Orlando Bloom, him turning Forty-five. Not that I really care about Orlando Bloom, but our summit mistress, she, she is really into him. And I think, just between me and you folks, I think she would off Katy Perry if she could. Maybe possibly. I don't know that for certain. But I can easily see that. And I also suspect she probably lit a special candle at her Orlando Bloom shrine she has hidden somewhere in her house. Kind of like white boy Malcolm X, he has a hidden shrine for AJKJ Appa or whatever strapping stud of a ginger that catches his eye. But in any case, happy birthday, Orlando Bloom. You and Katie have yourselves a, well, I would say grand gay old time. But I don't think that applies here. But you two have fun celebrating that. Although, at 45, he's probably like, Meh, I don't want to have sex, I'm going to bed. Not that we would ever judge that here on the Miller Frost Podcast. Folks, I got an email from Starbucks. And I think, personally, it was worse than that HBO Max email about Hogwarts, but Starbucks sent me this email, strengthening our culture of inclusion. We are working every day to deliver on our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion for our partners and communities. So like a complete idiot, folks, I clicked on that link to read their propaganda. And it was the usual garbage. Starbucks showing how, down for the struggle. They are on all the the boxes the good woke folk like to check. But this was an interesting stat that Starbucks provided. And it said that 71.3% of their employees, their partners are female and 48.2% are BIPOC. And I saw that and I'm like, man, I would hate to be a white male over there. Not that there are too many of them, but everyone over there probably looking at you like you're the devil. And 71.3% female, that has got to be one hell of a mean girls club over there at Starbucks. And you women, you know what I'm talking about. Same thing with the queens. Get yourself too many queens, you got yourself what I call the queen pissing contest. All the queens jockeying for who's the head queen. But if you get critical mass on any group, including dopey straight guys, it's nothing but trouble. But I don't know why anyone would choose to work at a Starbucks. Not just over this crap, this woke indoctrination they've got going on over there. Whitey sucks, all the other crap. But I... I cannot imagine having to make all those super special pain-in-the-ass drinks for all those super special pain-in-the-ass customers. And as a random aside, most of you ordering these jumbo ice caramel macchiatos or whatever frappuccinos, waddling into the store to get them, or if you're even lazier, having some poor schlub you're not going to tip, Deliver it to your fat ass via DoorDash. You need to lay off those garbage specialty drinks just for a bit. And I'll tell you something. They have actually shut down the order ahead feature at my Starbucks. They're short-staffed enough over there as it is. But i tell you what, folks. With that order ahead feature, you get people ordering like three or four of those super special pain-in-the-ass drinks for the whole family. Plus, they grab a bunch of breakfast sandwiches, muffins, all that other crap. And you get a couple of households doing that, all of them ordering super special pain-in-the-ass drinks, all of them ordering a ton of breakfast sandwiches. It completely clogs up the line. All I order is a mocha. I think it takes them 30 seconds to make that drink. But at my Starbucks, before they stopped with that order-ahead feature, to get that damn drink would take like 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes before it was ready. All because these massive orders of pain-in-the-ass drinks that families want to order-ahead to get. Not that Dunkin' Donuts, they're any better now that they also, they copied Starbucks Now they have those drinks as well. All I want to do when I go to a Dunkin' Donuts is get a large black. And no, to all you good woke folk out there, a large black, that has nothing to do with race. But all I want is a plain cup of coffee. But again, 10 to 15 minutes, because I'm trapped behind a bunch of fat millennial Gen Z brats who want to stuff their gullet with another oversized calorie bomb. Now, I know that these drinks, these stupid specialty drinks, they are huge profit centers for places like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, wherever. But I just don't know who would want to make those things all day, every day, deal with all the super special pain-in-the-ass drinks for all the super special pain-in-the-ass customers, which is why I think overall you have employee shortages across the service sector because people just don't want to deal with the folks they have to serve. So let's go ahead and jump into things. And this first one is from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. 61 brave and brilliant role models who spoke their truths and came out as LGBT plus in 2021. Brave and brilliant role models. Hmm. Now that is interesting. Can I speak my truth, white boy Malcolm X? Whatever the hell that means. And that's rhetorical, sir. So shut your pie hole. In my day, folks. Now, again. I am 52 years old. I am an old queen. But in my day, the truth was the truth. And nothing but the truth. But these days, kids these days, you apparently, you get to have your very own truth. Again, whatever the hell that means. So speaking my truth, and first off, what the hell is so brave about coming out in 2021? I came out, folks, again, I'm an old queen. I came out in South Carolina in 1991, 30 years ago. That was brave. These Hollywood types, oh, I'm so brave for coming out. Yeah, they come out in Los Angeles, New York, some other place where everyone's like, "Ugh, here goes another one coming out of that closet. Nobody gives a crap. But they're definitely brave for doing that. Why? Because it might hurt your paycheck? Is that what makes you so brave to come out in 2021, 2022, whenever? If you want brave, go to your average gay bar with an I Vote Republican pin right there on your shirt or jacket. That is brave. Not telling everyone you're a big old whatever coming out in the 21st century. Especially if you come out in a place like L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Miami or any one of these big cities where nobody gives a crap. Now, most of this list, and I did, folks, I looked over all 61 of these, well, at least according to Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, of these 61 brave and brilliant role models who spoke their truths and came out as LGBT plus last year. And most of this list, I don't really have a problem with. God bless you. Welcome to the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. They had some really good folks in there, like Carl Nasib, that strapping young NFL stud. And even white boy Malcolm X agrees. And Carl, he's not Ginger. The list also had, and we just talked about her last week, two weeks ago, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And we love Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, here on the Millifrost Podcast. But having said that, I do have issue with some of these folks. These. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, brave and brilliant role models who spoke their truths and came out. Larry Saperstein, he came out as bisexual. And that, folks, to me anyway, that is a low bar. Being a part-time member of the tribe. You're gay when you want to be. You're straight all the other times. Again, low bar. And we all know what I think about bisexual men. Just my opinion, folks. But they're just easing into it. This list of 61 brave and brilliant role models, blah, blah, blah. They also had David Archuleta, who we also talked about, I don't know, a month or two ago. David is the guy who prayed to God to not make him part of the tribe. He doesn't even really want to be in the tribe, praying to God to make him straight, telling everyone he's praying to God to make him straight. So why the hell is David Archuleta a brave and brilliant role model for the tribe? I would say he's not. This list also had T.J. Osborne, that vainglorious queen who complained because the state of Tennessee Didn't give him a participation trophy for coming out as gay. Guy got all kinds of butt hurt because he didn't get a medal for coming out of the closet. It was so hard because he's a country music star. Whatever. Couldn't tell you one damn song this guy ever sang. But he wants a trophy for coming out. Speaking of bisexuals, Ronan Rubenstein, who... As a random aside, he is our favorite bisexual here on the Millifrost podcast. But Ronan Rubenstein, he's another one, just wants to be a part-time member of the tribe. This guy, Ronan Rubenstein, he has a girlfriend. And he sits her down to show her his gay love scene from Reno 911 Lone Star. Makes her watch that because Ronan... He doesn't have the cojones to flat out tell her he likes to get banged by half of L.A. Makes her watch him banging Rafael Silva or more likely getting banged by Rafael Silva to where she's like, holy crap, I've got a gay guy for a boyfriend. Oops, I mean bisexual. This list also has, folks, Colton Underwood. And no, we have still not watched that train wreck show coming out, Colton, on Netflix. I told you, folks, that is going to take a lot of beer. But this one, Colton Underwood, with his guide, his escort, his mentor, his pimp, Goose Kentworthy, would someone explain to me how this queen is brave? And lastly, folks, this list this list has Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, they, who reboot themselves every single year just so they can make it on to the coming out list every year. We had Demi 2.0, her coming out as pansexual. And what's a pansexual? A snooty bisexual. This past year, she came out as Demi 3.0, non-binary, with super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. She has already been hinting at Demi Lovato 4.0. That is her coming out as a transgender man, which she'll probably do to make it onto the 2022 list of brave and brilliant role models who spoke their truth and came out. And at some point, I am convinced that Demi, even though she'll no longer be eligible for this list, she'll at some point come out as Demi 5.0, go back to being a heterosexual woman. All these reboots from pansexual to non-binary with super special pain in the ass pronouns to transgender to back to being a heterosexual woman coming back full circle. She'll do that at some point. If she thinks she can get enough attention for doing it. So you girls over at Pink News. Jesus on a jet ski with this list. At least with these six clowns. You could have had 55 brave and brilliant role models. Blah, blah, blah. But no. You had to add these misfits and losers into the mix. Ruin it. For the rest of them. Speaking of clowns though, how is this from the Hollywood Reporter? Clay Aiken running for Congress again in North Carolina. So Clay Aiken, that old queen, what is he? 43. That is how old Clay Aiken is. He is apparently, again, running for the 6th District in North Carolina. Now, The Hollywood Reporter, they list him as having a career in music, theater, and reality shows. But folks, I got to tell you, I could not name one song Clay Aiken has ever sung. One show, other than American Idol, that he's been in. And he was on American Idol in 2003. To me, you could put him in a dress and he would be... The White Billy Porter. Another one, can't name a song he sung or a show he's been in. But like I said, this is not Clay Aiken's first time at the rodeo running for Congress. He got the Democratic nomination back in 2014, but he lost to the Republican, getting only about 41% of the vote. So now he's trying again. And for his platform... He's going to work on promoting inclusion, providing free, high-quality health care, and fighting climate change. So the usual leftist drivel. Inclusion, that's an easy one. Screw Whitey. Free, high-quality health care? I hope not, at least how they provide it over at the VA. Those poor veterans, the hoops they have to jump through to get the, uh, free, high-quality health care that the Veterans Administration offers, and fighting climate change. That just means higher taxes, more government regulation. It's odd, though, white boy Malcolm X. It's odd because, well, just give me a second over there. Clay Aiken, now he talked about inclusion, which I guess that's for the Queens. But Clay did not mention equity. Equity. So I don't know how down for the struggle Clay really is. I would think personally, if I were a Democrat, not that I am, but if I were a Democrat in North Carolina and that queen Clay Aiken comes out and he's like, I just want to promote inclusion, provide free, high-quality health care, and fight climate change. Nothing about equity. I would wonder... I would wonder if Clay, if he were a racist. Just a thought for you Democrats out there. I know how you think. But good luck with that, Clay. Have yourself a grand gay old time running for Congress. And losing yet again. This next one is for all you virgin pajama boys. Living in your parents' basement. Ah, not that sext on the corner playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel Films, masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they're posting on Reddit this week, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This story from the Atlantic is for you. Why Star Wars keeps telling the same stories. The book of Boba Fett turns one of the most mysterious characters in the galaxy into a classic savior figure, to watchable but uninspiring effect. The easy answer to that statement, folks, why Star Wars keeps telling the same stories. The easy answer, the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins. Always about the Benjamins, even with fake liberals. And speaking of Boba Fett, though, there was another story from Forbes. Boba Fett, kind-hearted criminal lord, is confusing many Star Wars fans, which I can only imagine, but we'll deal with that another time, if at all. So this thing that The Atlantic was talking about, Star Wars telling the same stories over and over and over again. Again, folks, for Benjamins, huge piles of Benjamins, knowing that virgin pajama boys living in their parents' basement, doing all that weird stuff, They will pay top dollar to watch those same stories over and over and over again without fail. But, and this is to you folks over at Disney, if you don't want to tell the same stories again, if that's troubling you, but you don't know what else to do, what you could do, just a thought here, you could bring back J.J. Abrams to wreck Star Wars just like he did with Star Trek. And I know, some of you virgin pajama boys out there, you're already saying, well, J.J. Abrams, he already did the last three Star Wars. They weren't that great. Too late, he's already wrecked it. I know what some of you are thinking. And that's true. Disney did bring him in to finish up that series, and it was kind of meh. It was okay. But I still think you could still bring him back Let him do the Star Trek treatment. Help you folks not tell the same stories. So for you folks who don't know how J.J. Abrams, how he wrecked Star Trek, I will give you a brief history. He was brought in, I would say the mid-aughts, to reboot the franchise, to pump some new life into Star Trek. After the last Star Trek movie, Nemesis, which I actually kind of liked, but it didn't do all that great at the box office. J.J. came in to reboot things, and what did we get? We got, folks, Hipster Star Trek. He brought in Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, all those other folks, a bunch of millennial hipsters, and he blew up about 50 years of Star Trek canon. Canon, that's what Virgin Pajama Boy's, called The Timeline. So for you normal folks out there, Star Trek had a consistent timeline from the Captain Kirk days all the way to the Captain Picard days. But to the nerds out there, that's called canon. And J.J., he blew all that up. Hell, in that movie, that first movie, he blew up the planet Vulcan. In all of J.J.'s mess, that came to be known as the Kelvin timeline. I have no idea what Kelvin is. I have no idea why they call it the Kelvin timeline, but I am not a virgin pajama boy living in my parents' basement, eyeing up any sex doll or doing any of that other weird stuff, so I can't give you folks an answer. But JJ, he could kind of do that to Star Wars. Nobody liked those prequels anyway. People hated. Jar Jar Binks, Natalie Portman, she played kind of a high school teacher. Eyeing up that fresh teacher bait. Teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait. Settle down out there, you high school teachers. There is no fresh teacher bait here on the Miller Frost Podcast. Remember, ladies, never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. But Natalie Portman, she kind of played a high school teacher, perping after that younger man. And that younger man, he was played by Hayden Christensen, as wooden as they get. Poor kid, and I'm sure he's a nice young man, can't act his way out of a paper bag. And the complete lack of chemistry on those two, Demi Lovato and I, the two of us, could play more in love than Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman ever could on their best day. But since everyone hated those movies anyway, maybe maybe Emperor Palpatine kills Darth Vader's parents before that little brat from the first film is even born. Maybe, this is probably better anyway, you can kill the kid off before the events of the first film. Then, once you do that, kill off Darth Vader, you can tell all sorts of new stories with the Star Wars version of the Kelvin timeline. J.J., he can go out and hire a bunch of young actors, Half himself hipster Star Wars, and all the cool, edgy kids can run around the Empire from then on. And I don't even know, help me out here, white boy Malcolm X, I don't even know any of these kids these days, anyway? Well, well yeah, of course. Timothy Shalomi and his twelve-year-old boy body. You got Zendaya, and I've got a story on her coming up. That's the only reason I thought of her name. For you, white boy Malcolm X, I suspect AJ KJ Appa, again that strapping young stud of a ginger. Oh, I forgot. And sorry about that, Tom. I forgot song and dance man Tom Holland. Although, I did promise not to pick on Tom for being a song and dance man. At least until that Fred Astaire movie comes out. But I guess, yeah, J.J., he could get, yeah, stars like that, have hipster Star Wars, trash those movies, just like he did with Star Trek. It's just a thought. For you folks over there at Disney. If you're clutching the pearls. Worried that you're going to anger people. Scare them off. If you keep retelling the same things. Over and over and over again. Go get J.J. Abrams. Bring him back. To trash Star Wars. Trash the Star Wars legacy. Just like he did for Star Trek. And if you do that. You have fun with that. It's that time of the year. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How many get thirty? Thirty. How get thirty? How get twenty? Twenty. Twenty. get twenty? Twenty. get fifteen? Fifteen. 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 Just fifteen bucks a month. Sold. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of Zendaya, though, how is this from BuzzFeed? Zendaya wore socks with no shoes on the Euphoria red carpet because her dress couldn't be lengthened. And this story, folks, at BuzzFeed about Zendaya wearing socks with no shoes on the red carpet there. That was written by Natasha, well, Jokic Jokic, J-O-K-I-C. Natasha, if you're out there, I apologize for maybe possibly butchering your last name. But Zendaya, White Boy Malcolm X, she is, I think, everywhere these days. She's got this euphoria show. I see that on HBO Max, but we haven't watched that one yet. I don't want to watch, I think it's about a bunch of horny teenagers doing God knows what. Not something I'm interested in watching. But she's got that show, I guess two seasons now. She's in that latest Spider-Man movie. Again, with song and dance man, Tom Holland. And she's also, she was also in, in Dune with Timothée Chalamet and his 12-year-old boy body. Either she's the beard of the month or the go-to actress when they've got a dopey white, eunuch man-boy actor and they need to make him more edgy and cool so they pair him with a BIPOC actress. What? No, not at all. I am not picking on her at all, White Boy Malcolm X, about pairing her up with any of these actors or this stupid article from BuzzFeed, her not wearing any shoes. First off, I don't know anything about her. She seems like a really good actress, but then again, I've only seen her that I know of in Dune, and she was only in there for what, five, ten minutes? I will say this though, she's a very beautiful young lady. I will give credit where credit is due, and even though I'm a big old queen, and an old queen at that, she is, to me, she's a very beautiful young lady. But when I saw this article from BuzzFeed, and again, white boy Malcolm X, I am not picking on her. But when I saw this article about her wearing socks, no shoes to this event, it made me think of that Looper story from last week. And folks, we had a story from Looper, and the headline was, Why Black Widow's Age of Ultron costume makes no sense. And that was by Eamon Jacobs who wrote in 2022 about Black Widow's Age of Ultron costume, how that made no sense. And what made no sense to me was that movie came out in 2015. Eamon Jacobs, he wrote that article in 2022. Maybe the tail end of 2021, but you folks get the point. And at the time, on last week's podcast, I theorized that Eamon... He had a Gen X boomer editor and he asked his Gen X boomer editor, what do you think about this article? Me writing about Black Widow's Age of Ultron costume and that Gen X boomer editor thinking of Eamon as a complete blithering idiot sarcastically responded, oh yeah, I totally think that's a great article. We should absolutely revisit Black Widow's Age of Ultron costume from 2015. Great job there, Eamon. You could win yourself a Pulitzer. So when I saw this headline from BuzzFeed, Zendaya wearing socks with no shoes, I thought probably the same thing. Sarcastic editor, clueless journalist. But then I realized, folks, no, this is BuzzFeed news. Full of half-wit losers calling themselves journalists. So I'm sure that when Natasha Jokic or Jokic, however the hell you pronounce her last name, when she ran this by her editor, both of them, no doubt, millennial Gen Z kids, the editor in green lighting this was probably dead serious about Natasha doing it. Was probably like, oh my God, totally. Our idiot readers would totally want to know about Zendaya wearing socks with no shoes on the Euphoria red carpet because her dress couldn't be lengthened. And I'm sure, folks, I'm sure their idiot readers, they were actually like, OMG, I cannot believe Zendaya wore socks with no shoes on the Euphoria red carpet all because her dress couldn't be lengthened. I better go to Instagram or TikTok, and tell the world how shocked I am about that. And these are the same morons, these journalists over at BuzzFeed, who look at Flyover Country and think that people living in Des Moines or Little Rock or Salt Lake City are stupid inbred hicks. They're not as sophisticated as the <coughs> journalist working for BuzzFeed. Okay then you silly kids over there at Buzzfeed. You have fun with that. From Outkick, Fox News names Jesse Waters permanent host of 7 PM Hour. So it looks like folks, Fox News, those same blooming idiots that put Megan McCain up on a pedestal, quote her like she's Socrates, those same blooming idiots gave Jesse Waters a show at 7 p.m. during the week. That show, for those of you who are interested, I'm not. That is called Jesse Waters Prime Time, and it will launch on January 24th. Now, I don't know about you folks, but he really annoys the hell out of me. He was was Bill O'Reilly's butt boy for I don't know how many years. And he was only on that show because someone was like, let's get an overly eager millennial to mix things up. And he is, to me, a really good example of the Peter principle. And I just, I cannot take him seriously at all. Now, he's perfect for Fox News, spits out all the right lines, but he comes off to me as a useful idiot, spouting off what someone else tells him to say. He is, he's about one step up from Peter Ducey, That dopey nepotism case. Another overly eager millennial Gen Z kid who likes to spar with Ginger Jen over at the White House. And I will not be watching that stupid show. But Jesse, you have fun with that. From Neon Nettle, Trump's niece Mary buys a $7 million apartment in New York after cashing in on anti-Trump book. So Mary Trump, she bought herself a fancy piece of property in Soho in Manhattan. And it was, according to this article, designed by Pritzker Prize winning Italian architect Renzo Piano. And it is also highly sought after by wealthy elites. She got herself three bedrooms. It's about 2,200 square feet. And again, she paid about $7 million for that fancy pad designed by that Italian guy. So she's another one, came to do good, sold out her family, and has done very well indeed. So have fun, Mary. Hope you enjoy that. From OK Magazine... Matt Lauer gearing up to drop a bombshell tell-all, disgraced former Today host, has nothing to lose by getting his revenge. And it may just be me, folks, but does anyone really care about what Matt Lauer has to say? No. Well, I'll say no-ish. Kind of reminds me of that stupid story we had a week or two ago. Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, Miley Cyrus, that little Tempest in a teapot, all over Pete Davidson's big dick energy. And what did I have to say? High school never ends. Same thing here. Now I'm sure the New York, D.C. crowd, they'll get the vapors, love the gossip, and Matt acting like a mean girl, trashing everyone, trying to tear everyone down, because that's what mean girls do. But the rest of us, meh, who gives a crap? From Adi, adult content creator selling her farts in a jar hospitalized for farting too much. And folks, if you're out there wanting to buy one of this stupid chick's farts, she's not really selling them much anymore. So you missed out there. But her name is Stephanie Maddow, and she started selling her farts in November of twenty twenty one, which wasn't too long ago, and she was selling them for about thousand dollars a jar. And she sold about two hundred of those, raked herself in about two hundred K from her fart jar business, actually had to go to the hospital. She was eating so much weird crap just to produce a lot of farts, just so she could fart in these jars. So some weirdo could open up the jar smell her nasty farts, which begs the question, what kind of sick bastard is out there paying $1,000 for a fart jar? I can only imagine. But what's the bet, White Boy Malcolm X? What's the bet that she shipped most of these fart jars to either L.A. or Washington, D.C.? Okay, maybe New York, you want to have a top three there. But I bet you folks, it's L.A., D.C., or New York, that's where most of those fart jars went. From Metro, transgender teen has penis farewell party before gender reassignment surgery. And the transgender teen in question, folks, is Jazz Jennings. Jazz is an 18-year-old YouTuber and LGBT rights activist. And Jazz, in coming out as a transgender girl, decided to get rid of her penis, get herself a brand new, shiny hoo-hoo installed. And so, to celebrate that, Jazz and Jazz's mama, they threw a party to say farewell to Jazz's penis, and to welcome in her new hoo-hoo. And this is what... Jazz had to say about that. This quirky and fun idea seems like a cool thing. But also, I love making my dad uncomfortable. And if this penis party is going to do just that, then we have to have a penis party. That poor father. I can only imagine what he is thinking right about now. My son is now my daughter, and she's telling the whole world about getting her penis removed. He's probably also thinking, this crap on YouTube, this LGBT rights stuff, probably good for another maybe five years. Then I had to support her for the rest of her life. And I, personally folks, I don't know why Jazz had to have the penis removed. This day and age, as everyone knows, A woman can have a penis. A man can have a hoo-hoo. She didn't actually have to go to all that trouble, have that thing chopped off, just to call herself a woman. You don't need to do that these days. And if that offends you, a man having a hoo-hoo, a woman having a penis, if that offends your sensibilities, you are about to get yourself A first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. That is the way things work, and if you don't like it, you're going to a camp until you do. But Jazz, have fun. Have fun with your new hoo-hoo, regardless. Speaking of penises, though, how is this from the U.S. Sun? I snapped my willy during champagne and Viagra-fueled sex marathon and ended up in hospital. I'm sticking to dry January. Well, at least he is. White boy Malcolm X and I, we both epically failed dry January, but oh well, we do that every year. But this story, folks, this is about Rob Andrews. He is 32 years old. He's a car rental manager, and his girlfriend, Isabella Wolf. She's a makeup artist. She's 25. And he did wind up in the hospital having fractured his penis after all of that. And this is what Isabella, the girlfriend, this is what she had to say about that evening. For our third anniversary, we rented a cabin in the country and ordered loads of sex toys, bondage gear, and booze. Rob felt under pressure to perform the whole weekend, so we bought some Viagra off the internet. We cracked open the champagne, and one glass led to three bottles. These two know how to party. The Viagra worked a treat, and we were having a sex marathon. His manhood must have been suffering, but I didn't notice as I was drunk. I jumped on top of him and heard a crack and then saw lots of blood. He was in agony, and I thought he had broken his member, so we called an ambulance. It was mortifying when they arrived. In the drama, we'd forgotten to hide all the sex toys, whips, and chains. I could have died with embarrassment. So another one with the oversharing. And she, according to the article, she is mortified that the EMTs saw the sex toys in the bondage gear. And what does she do? Runs to the U.S. Sun and tells the entire world about her sex toys and bondage gear. And this poor guy, Rob Andrews, how whipped is he? I would have to assume, folks, that she's tying him up, using him as a sex slave, defiling him with sex toys, breaking his willy with her hoo-hoo in the process. I guarantee you, folks, that was not his idea to go to the media, to yap on, yap, 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 yap about breaking, almost breaking, his willie. She wanted the attention, and him, whipped as he is, was probably like, okay, dear, whatever you think. So we gave her some attention, so let's move on. And our last story, folks, is from The Advocate, those girls over at The Advocate, NASCAR partners with LGBTQ+, Chamber of Commerce, for diversity training. So Woke NASCAR, they and the Carolinas' LGBT+, Chamber of Commerce, they both announced last Wednesday a new partnership to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion training for those good folks over at Woke NASCAR. And the Carolinas LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce, that group, they would become woke NASCAR's DENI partner for 2022. And this is what the two groups, what they had to say in a press release. This first one is from Tiffany Keaton, the vice chair of the Carolinas LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce. And she said, NASCAR has a rich history in our region, and continues to be one of the most popular sports in the nation. The intentionality of their partnership will allow the Carolinas' LGBT plus chamber to leverage relationships and increase our work in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what have I told you folks every time the word equity is used? Everybody equally miserable. And this is what Brandon Thompson, he is the he is Woke NASCAR's Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion. This is what Brandon had to say. NASCAR is excited to partner with the Carolinas LGBT Chamber of Commerce. With NASCAR offices and much of our industry based in the Carolinas, we look forward to working with CLGBTCC in support of its mission to foster equity, inclusion, and economic prosperity for the LGBTQ community. What do the church lady always say. White boy Malcolm X. Well isn't that special. Woke NASCAR. Getting into bed. Hopefully not literally folks. But woke NASCAR. Getting into bed. With Carolina's LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Doing that. To foster equity. Inclusion. And economic prosperity to the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. And I can only think, folks. I can only think of one way they can do that. I can only think of one person out there, that woke NASCAR, that the LGBTQ+ Chamber of Commerce there in the Carolinas, who they can reach out to to help them promote diversity equity, and inclusion training. You all know who I'm talking about. And that person, folks, one of our favorites, our queen with a clipboard. That is who they will need to bring in to get that job done. And can you imagine white boy Malcolm X, that queen, that queen with a clipboard in a room full of NASCAR drivers? Hello, everyone. I have been brought in here by Woke NASCAR, by the Carolinas LGBT Plus Chamber of Commerce. I have been brought in to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion training. I've got a pen. I've got a clipboard. I've got a lot of boxes I need to check to tell them at Woke NASCAR, tell them at the Carolinas LGBT Plus Chamber of Commerce that you all are down for the struggle for the LGBT folks. Now, I'm looking around this room. I see Bubba Wallace. I see Danica Patrick. I see a bunch of white guys. Oh, hello there, Brandon Brown. You are much cuter in person. Now I see why people keep saying, let's go, Brandon. Come see me afterwards. I'll tell you, let's go as well. But folks, I only got one black guy in here. I got a bunch of white people. We need some more color in here. I need to check some boxes. Does anyone want to identify as Native American? Anyone? You can do that. It's perfectly all right. Senator Elizabeth Warren, she does it. If a sitting U.S. senator can call herself Indian, you can do that too. Again, folks, I need to check some boxes. Anyone Native American? Okay, thank you. I'll check that box. Is anyone around here want to identify as Latinx? What's Latinx? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the, that's the language of snooty white people. Other corporate types at Woke NASCAR, they all like the word Latinx. Is anyone here Latino or Hispanic? Or do you want to identify as Latino or Hispanic? Again, Elizabeth Warren, if she can be Indian, you can be Latino. Anyone? Oh, okay, I got a couple of hands there. I got to check lots of color boxes my, what a diverse room this is. Is anyone here a member of the LGBTQ plus community? Anyone at all? Is anyone gay? No hands. Anyone a lesbian? Anyone? Anyone? I'm just kidding, Danica. That was a joke. Anyone a part-time gay? Anyone just doing this part-time? They call them bisexuals. Anyone a bisexual here? No, no one's a bisexual. Is anyone a pansexual? That's a very good question. What's a pansexual? That's nothing more than a snooty bisexual. That's what rich white people call themselves. They don't call themselves bisexual. They say pansexual. I know you all are NASCAR drivers. You all make a lot of money. Anyone here a pansexual? No pansexuals. Okay. Is anyone a demisexual? I don't even know what the hell that is. I am not even going to bother to check that box. Is anyone here non-binary? Anyone in this room have super special pain in the ass pronouns I need to worry about? Nobody? Good. Another box I do not want to check. Anyone in here transgender? Anyone? Now, folks, I need a transgender. I got no gay people. I got no lesbians. That I know of. No bisexuals. No demisexuals. No pansexuals. I gotta have me a transgender. And I will just say this. We are not leaving this room. Until I check off the transgender box. So anyone, And remember. Before you say no. You do not need to change out your man meat. You do not have to have a hoo hoo installed. To call yourself a woman today. You can keep your package just as it is. What about breasts? Is that what you're asking? Nah. You can just say you're flat chested. Tell people you have the Taylor Swift implants put in. So you don't have to actually folks touch anything. I just need you to say you identify as a woman. Anyone. Okay, I got two hands there. Thank you. I can check that box. Well, that's all the boxes I think we should check today. So thank you all very much for your time. Your cooperation today. We have a lot more color in NASCAR now. We have a lot more diversity in NASCAR now. I will let all the straight white men over there at Woke NASCAR Corporate. Let them know just how cooperative you all have been today. Anyway, that's how I see it going down, folks. When Woke NASCAR, to show how down for the struggle they are. With the LGBTQ plus community when they send a queen with a clipboard to check off those woke boxes. So, on that note, since I cannot top these woke clowns over at NASCAR jamming diversity, equity, and inclusion brainwashing onto their employees, even if it's just more silly virtue signaling to show how down for the struggle they are. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, And we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.